Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Post Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wildman beat writer for the Star Tribune. And I'm joined, as I always am, by our Wild RC Preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is on the phone in Casper. Brady, uh, what do you think about this weather? A little different. Man, I'm I'm loving it. I gotta be honest with you. Um, I'm a little bummed this last weekend. I wasn't able to get out and do as much as I wanted to because I think I screwed up my back somehow. I, I um, just by running around so much from regional soccer last week, I think I screwed up something or pulled some muscle in my back. But I'm feeling good now. We're gonna get through it. Hopefully, I mean, the weather's not gonna stay this great. So hopefully, by the next time it comes around. Um, we're able to stay out and about pretty much all the time without having to lay down. So we're looking yeah. forward to it. Well, this warmer weather should help with that, man. You're not, it's not cold. You're not stiff. You shouldn't like, you know, be able to stretch that out easier. It is true. That's true. And I tell you what, um, when I was outside and about in the last couple of days, I felt really good aside from the whole back thing. Yeah. It felt real good. Uh, yeah, I know I'm, I've been on the record multiple times on this podcast that I'm very much a an advocate for cold weather. Uh, you know, just don't come from the south, man. You don't you just don't get that a whole lot. But uh, so I, I do like it. I don't I don't have any complaints. Like when it's usually like twenty, thirty degrees, whatever. But there is a point like it's like you know mid May. You know we're approaching here, and you know couple weeks from being june which is summer it's like it does come a point where it's like okay like the, the weather should be you know in the, in the 60s or to like it just doesn't feel right you know mid-may and, and it's snowing like that's just that's strange but also you know wyoming's a wyoming's a strange place as far as the weather goes yeah no it's i mean you, you're just used to it like i'm not surprised by the amount of like snow or cold weather in the forecast right now but it is a bummer i mean like um we've been dealing with this for seven months now i'm trying to get over it let's set uh, and seven is probably being generous we're probably getting close to it to eight months now of winter but yeah it's fine yeah, it's it's all new it's all new experience for me but uh i'm enjoying it so far but um Oh, quit sucking yeah, up. It's terrible. All right, moving on. Oh, I, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we didn't get to do a podcast last week. Um, so we wanted to come back this week and get one out uh, earlier to you guys. And since the last time we did a podcast, Wyoming has named a new head women's basketball coach. That's not all that new. Uh, Gerald Madison, longtime assistant. Uh, was promoted to take over for Joe Ligurski, who retired after becoming the one, uh, program's all-time winningest coach over the course of 16 seasons. Um, I know I had said that I expected uh, Tom Berman, the Wyoming's athletic director, to, to make an outside hire, but you can also understand uh, why he chose to promote from within when you consider uh, Gerald has kind of been – uh, Joe's right hand man for as long as Joe had been here. You know, he'd been on his staff for the duration of his tenure. Was spent the last twelve years as the associate head coach. You know, it just seemed like kind of the, the obvious transition. You know, when, when this program's has as much success as they've had, um, you know, over the last two decades or so, 
to have the guy that that has been there the whole time knows how the program operates knows how um things work and you know i i did talk to uh, tom berman earlier today um and you know he basically you know he, his point was you know when i asked him kind of about his reasoning for uh why he ultimately decided to promote uh, gerald from within um was you know why mess with a good thing and you know when you had this level of success, man. It's, I mean, this this women's basketball program has come a long way uh, from when before Joe took over, um, and you know, it's it's one of the few uh, programs in the Mountain West that actually has a legitimate following in terms of a fan base when it comes to women's basketball. Um, you know, you just saw that from some of the crowds um, that came out to their games and. So obviously sticking with what works and, um, you know, we considered that, uh, like I, like I mentioned the, the experience and, um, just kind of some of the seasoning that, that Gerald has gotten, you know, working side by side with Joe for, you know, the last 16 years, not, not all that big of a surprise. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, like we kind of mentioned on the, on the last pod, um, and obviously things have, uh, happened since then, but um women's basketball is one of those sports that's a little unique and different from a lot of the other stuff you know what i mean um you're not there's no big names there's no real i mean even in the the world of football um there's a lot of the big programs are able to kind of bid or um buy out some coaches here and there um you saw kind of what nebraska did a couple I guess months ago now um, with Fred Hoiberg, basically they've got rid of um, Tim miles, but apparently had Fred Hoiberg in the wings before they were able to do that. And, and Hoiberg was successful at Iowa state, went on to coach the Chicago bulls. Um, That's you're able to pull big names like that. There's really no big names anymore um, (coughs) in women's college basketball, aside from, you know, the Gino Oriemas or um, whatever have you's that are, that aren't leaving their programs, you know? And yeah, this, the blue bloods. Yeah, exactly. So you really do have to kind of promote from within or, you know, it, it helps build excitement within the program when you're able to do that. Um, I know uh, coach Madison was um, the one out there uh, at, was it flaming gorge classics um, scouting high school players from Wyoming and from around I know he had been watching uh, Lyman's McKinley Bradshaw play uh, for years now um, before she ended up signing um, to play for the Cowgirls. So the people in the, the program and that are coming into the program are familiar with him. I think that there's probably not going to be a big dramatic departure from what Coach Ligurski did um, and like to do uh, as opposed to what Coach Madison will do. Um so I think it's not to say that there were un, there was an unease um, around the program due to Ligurski's departure, uh, even though, you know, Coach Ligurski took that program up to new heights and something that no other coach in that program's history has done. So losing him is a hit, but ultimately you basically get his right-hand man, um, which is probably the next best-case scenario that Wyoming has um, – Hopefully it turns out a little bit better than what um, than Manchester United um, 
almost a decade ago when Sir Alex Ferguson stepped down and David Moyes was his right-hand man. Uh, hopefully that turns out a little bit better, um, or Wyoming's situation turns out a little bit better than that. But this it really is sort of the best-case scenario that you could hope for if you're a Cowgirls fan. Yeah, and, and we'll get into – you know, some of the just the coaching moves in general at Wyoming and the appeal and, um, you know, sometimes the difficulty of hiring at a place like Wyoming here, here, here in a bit in the second segment. But, um, yeah, he, he promoted a couple of, um, the assistants or, or one of his assistants, uh, Heather Ezel was an assistant has promoted her to, uh, his old title of associate head coach. And then, um, you know, uh, promoted another uh, coach that was coming in a supervisor role up to full-time assistant. Um, but they do have one assistant job now that they have to feel uh, because uh, Bohan Jankovic, he is not returning to the program after four seasons as an assistant on, on Joe's staff. Um, don't know exactly where he's going, uh, but Tom Berman said today that he is – has decided to go a different direction. Uh, he was actually um, offered a, 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 the chance to retain his assistant spot um, by Gerald uh, and actually was offered a pay raise, um, but has decided to uh, pursue another opportunity when his contract ends uh, at the end of May. Um, so um, but that's, that's a pretty significant loss considering the role he played in recruiting uh, particularly on the international market. Uh, you know, as Bohan was as a native of Serbia, uh, he was an assistant coach for the Serbian women's national team when they uh, won the bronze medal at the Rio Olympics back in 2016. Um, you know, pro- may- probably the best recruiter that, they, that Joe had on his staff. Um, when you just consider the amount of international players that, that Wyoming signed – and not only signed, but brought here and developed and uh, ended up being really good players for them. You think about Marta Gomez, probably their best player this year, uh, top five scorer in the Mountain West. Um, she's from Spain. Um, Clara Tapia, their point guard, multi-year starter. Um, you know, she's also from Spain. And you had the freshman, Carla Arevich, she's, who's from Croatia, started all 33 games for them this year as a true freshman. So 60% of their starting lineup was international players. And uh, 10 of their players on their roster this year uh, were from overseas or from Europe specifically. So, um, you know, that is a big uh, recruiting uh, area for for Wyoming. Um, You know, I know when I talked to Joe after he resigned, you know, he told me that uh, Bohan was the guy that made the trip back to Europe every summer um, to recruit. Um, you know, Europe and, and, and those countries and to, to find some of those top, that top international talent, you know, that, that you have to have at a, at a place like Oklahoma, like we've talked about, that has lack of that, um, you know, in-home recruiting base. And, you know, you have to branch out and specifically internationally, um, you know, to find some, some top-tier talent. Um, and and Bohan was kind of their, their trigger man uh, overseas to bring in some of that talent. So that – uh, that's a pretty big loss for them. Yeah, and that's that's kind of been the cowgirls' calling card the last couple of years has been their international talent, and not to say that that's it. Not to say that it's a guarantee, but I mean, losing kind of that tie is a big hit. 
Um, but you know, I guess they've made connections there, right? They they do have those connections already in place now, just built upon recent history. Um, unless there's uh, unless they departed on bad terms, or you know, some there was something behind the scenes going on, which it doesn't appear like like is to be the case here. Um, it, I think that the that portal remains open in the future. Um, now, having said that, too, maybe the cowgirls. I mean, they did. They've done really well in the recent years. They've competed for Mountain West championships um, for three straight years. They've played for a Mountain West tournament championship for the first time in program history this last year. So maybe now is the right time for them to kind of reinvest and reinvigorate excitement stateside um, and get some of these and get a new breed of talent or uh, uh, an untapped market of talent to come play for the Cowgirls. Um, that that could be a possibility down the road. That's something I'm looking at personally. But it's it hurts, man, um, especially when you're going through a system or a wholesale change of getting a, a head coach leave his number one pick and his assistant, his main assistant gets promoted. And then they basically want to move everybody up in the system. And that doesn't go the way that they plan because somebody has a different idea. Um, that's going to, that's going to suck. That's, that's, that's a hit that they're going to have to take. And, um, on top of having to take over this program as a first time head coach, now coach Madison has to deal with, filling out his um, coaching staff even further and replacing those recruiting ties. So it's going to be a busy summer for that program. Yeah. I do think he, you, if you're him, you have to go the direction of, of yes, he'll be in whoever he brings in will be an assistant coach, you know, officially entitled. But I think that's one of those things where, similar to football in a lot of aspects, you have to go out and get another recruiter. Uh, you know, when you lose a guy like, like Bohan that had, had those ties and people, you know, in Europe know who he is and knew he was affiliated with Wyoming. And he, you know, he kind of had that, that, that name recognition, um, and popularity that he had kind of built over the years. Uh, I just think it's going to be interesting to see maybe what, what direction Gerald goes with that. Is he going to try to go get, um, you know, you know, another, uh, assistant with strong international ties where he can kind of keep that pipeline going or do, because I'm not, I mean, you mentioned like untapped recruiting places here in the States. I mean, I don't, I don't know where that, where Wyoming's going to go though, to do that. Like, I, I don't, you know, like if you go to these, these more prominent parts of the country, you know, California, Texas, whatever, I mean, that kind of ties into, um, you know, those blue bullet programs. Like most of those kids are already going to, you know, a Yukon or a Baylor or, um, you know, some of these other high profile, uh, programs in, in terms of women's basketball. So I don't, you know, three, I think what three, or maybe even all four of the, the players that they signed in this year's class, they're all like, all those kids are from Wyoming, uh, I think, or maybe one's from Utah, but at least three of those, um, players that they signed are all what high school or junior college players from, from Wyoming. So I don't, you know, if you talk about like going outside, <laughs> trying to find untapped recruiting, I don't. I don't know how that realistic that is for Wyoming. Hey, man, you—it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You know. But where, where is it going to happen, though? Um, I, don't know, I mean, maybe Oregon, um, Idaho, hit Colorado a little bit harder because CU and CSU um, aren't 
overtly more prestigious programs than Wyoming. Um, you could arguably keep going to Nebraska, which is you know yeah. developing more of kind of pers- like consistent D one talent, and they've gotten some quality players from Nebraska in the last couple of years. Um, Montana doesn't have a whole lot, but I would agree with you on on Colorado, but I'm not Idaho. I'm not sure because I mean that's Boise State is the premier program in the Mountain West right now. So any this any any you know any kids that are considered D one talent and in Idaho, which like Wyoming isn't many every year, but they're probably gonna go to Boise. Yeah, that's true. Um, and but you could hit up like Oregon and some of the West Coast um, states, and but but part of the problem is is like all of those blue blood programs yeah they have a recruiting advantage but they have a finite number of scholarships they're able to give and there's going to be too many quality kids to offer scholarships to so eventually some of those kids are going to fall through the cracks or some of those kids are going to drop down to where they can get a, a scholarship opportunity at a wyoming or at a mountain west program so that's that's what they're going to have to go off of I mean, ideally, if you think about it, that's that's what they have to hope for. Are they going to be able to recruit hand in hand with you know the the blue blood programs or the the cornerstones of women's basketball? Absolutely not. No. Uh, at least not at this point. But you have to you're going to have to do like what Wyoming's just made a habit of doing in every other program is you're going to have to find the people that get that fit your program or that fit your mentality that are going to fit in well with the teammates that other teams and other programs just either overlooked or sometimes just kind of uh, gave a cold shoulder to. I mean, not, not that they're everyday, you know, not that it's an everyday scenario, but you know, you got the Josh Allen's of the world where a guy who gets one D one offer and he's like, all right, I'm going to show everybody what they missed, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what direction he tries to go with that. I personally think that he needs to just try to replace that void internationally. Because, uh, like we mentioned, I mean that Bohan was a big part of of their success, just in, in the the international players that he brought in, you know, from the roster that already um, had some of that talent, and they just kind of sort of developed it over the years, and you know, have obviously been, um, you know, one of the top three, four programs in the Mountain West for the last handful of years. And now you're, you're trying, you know, t- Tom Berman's talked about it. Gerald's talked about it. You know, the next, the next step for this program is t- to, you know, not just knock on the door, bust through and win a championship. And they fully believe um, that they're capable of doing that here at Wyoming. You know, that's one of the things that Tom said. Um, and, you know, in a statement when, when Gerald was promoted that we believe he, he can win championships, and we expect to win championships here. So, um, you know, I don't. I just if, you're, if that's your expectation, your your talent level obviously can't can't drop off. So, um, you know, I, I think they need to continue to, to try to continue that pipeline internationally. But um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what direction they'll go. It'll be interesting. Um, but Brady, let's we can go ahead and take a break there, and uh, when we come back, we will dive into a little bit more of the dynamics of uh, coaches and trying to bring coaches to Wyoming.
Welcome back into the postcast. And now, Brady, I want to dive into something that I know we've talked about loosely on, on past podcasts, but um, j- just kind of the the difficulties that can be, you know, trying to lure coaches to Wyoming or hire coaches at Wyoming. Uh, you know, it's just something I thought more about just talking to Tom, obviously with the, with him going through the hiring process, you know, recently with the women's basketball coach. And um, let, let me just preface this by saying in no way am I saying that Gerald Madison didn't deserve to be promoted as the next head coach for the women for Wyoming's basketball team. Um, I mean, we talked about it in the first segment. Uh, he, you know, he's part of the most successful uh, tenure that the women's basketball program's ever known. So, um, I mean, obviously, it's a justified decision by Tom. You know, with him going that direction. But it did get me thinking. I did ask him, you know, about, you know, just how difficult it is when, when you have that lack of a, of a home recruiting base. Um, you have some of the lack of resources that you do with any group of five, you know, and, and just kind of the, the combination of all that. Um, so, you know, I did – I asked him, you know, just about how, how much of a challenge it is as him being the athletic director, you know – as far as you know, gauging uh, coaches and and try, and seeing you know who's actually interested and how, how just how difficult you know the process is to um, you know not only hire a coach but obviously hire a coach that you think can can succeed at a program like Wyoming. So um, I'm gonna read this from him and then we can sort of dive into this. But this this is uh, Tom Berman um, talking about. You know how, how difficult sometimes it can be. Um, you know, hiring hiring coaches at Wyoming. So, um, quote, Wyoming is not for everybody. This is a job where you have to recognize there are pros and cons. One of the pros is women's basketball is funded well at UW. Joe built this program into a situation where it has good resources, has a good fan base, and has good facilities. We travel well. We charter. Not everywhere, but we charter, which very few women's basketball programs in the Mountain West charter. So all those are pros. The downside to it is where you get your players and how do you keep them happy. That can be a challenge. Some coaches are more comfortable in a market this size and in a campus like this than others. You've got to drill down and figure out if they're truly interested and are they interested in the long term, the medium term, or the real short term. The worst thing you can do is bring somebody in here who wins with Joe and Gerald's players and Heather's players for a year or two and then bounces and then creates turmoil. You see it every day. The transfer issues transferring down to women's basketball. These kids are bolting at a rapid pace. Now, end end quote. Now, a lot of that's in the context of the the decision, obviously, to promote Gerald in women's basketball. Um, But you're just thinking bigger picture in terms of any time there's an opening at Wyoming – you know, how difficult is it to, to attract, um, you know, quality coaches and, and, you know, by and large, the hiring process is a crapshoot. It's a gamble. Um, but obviously it's a lot easier, you know, when you're talking about the power five and, you know, the, the resources and the fan bases and the money that are involved, like it's easy, obviously it is a lot easier to attract coaches at places like that. But, 
you know, for a group of five schools and particularly Wyoming, you know, we've talked about some of the uh, circumstances, you know, that surround a job like, like Wyoming. Um, You know, I just thought it was sort of interesting, um, you know, just talking to him about that and some of the, some of the candidness, um, you know, that, that he gave me on on the topic. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, just, just some of the other, there. I don't, and look, I just cover primarily the, the major sports, you know, football and, and men's and women's basketball, even to a lesser degree. But, um, you know, you look at even those sports, like Alan Edwards, he was an assistant, uh, you know, before he came uh, to Wyoming. Um, you know, Craig Bowl you know, one of the most successful coaches that was in the country at that time, but he was at a division two school, you know, came up to division one at Wyoming. Um, you know, even the, the, the decision to promote from within, um, Tom mentioned the fact that, um, you know, he, he had talked to dozens uh, of coaches, um, you know, uh, that were interested in the, in the, in the women's basketball job. Um, you know, but, yeah, you know, how many how many of those did maybe he feel like may have just used Wyoming as a springboard coming from a smaller place to uh, you know a group of five school at Wyoming? You know, if you if you have if he hits on it, great. But you know, how many of those candidates, as he mentioned in, in that in that quote he gave me, um, how many of those candidates would or those coaches would you know just have success for a year or two and use that as a springboard and vamp? Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a tricky situation all the way around. Um, I just, I just, I always find myself thinking about it. You know, at a, at a at a program like Wyoming, just how difficult that might be for for an athletic director. Yeah, um, like he said, it, it, Wyoming's a, a unique thing, and it gives you a unique set of problems. Um, I've lived in Wyoming for three years now, and I have had nobody come to visit me. Um, I have had no yeah. no friends, no family. Um, nobody has come from Nebraska or Colorado or uh, any any place statewide or nationwide that I've known people. Nobody has come out here, so I I totally understand uh, what he's saying. Um, I also understand. I understand the, the preconceived notion a lot of people have about Wyoming. It's the least populated state in the union. It's people just have ideas about Wyoming and kind of its quality. Um, I can tell you, I, I, I understand the worry of people wanting to come to Wyoming and why they would have apprehension or, or even just absolute no interest in moving to Wyoming. But those people are people who haven't been out here. Um, it's, yeah. it really does only take you, uh, one trip to come out here and really respect and admire and sometimes fall in love with, um, this state and all it has to offer. So that's, that's part of what's going to happen. Wyoming will always have an uphill struggle regardless of what happens simply based on there's geography, um, lack of numbers, um, uh, you know, socioeconomic, political, wh- however, like whatever problems or whatever, you know, um, 
whatever box you want to put Wyoming in, it's always going to be behind someone else. And then there's always going to be problems with getting people to come out to Wyoming, especially um, for the one four-year university that the state has. But it is also a very rewarding job, as I'm sure, because living out here has been very rewarding at a lot of points. So, yeah, it's 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 difficult, and obviously, you know, Tom Berman has a tougher job than a lot of guys um, with similar job titles across the country in his position. But that's, I, I but he's a Wyoming guy. Um, the fans love him. The fans support him. And he obviously wants to do right by the fans and the right by this university. And the only way to do that is basically do the whole, the whole one Wyoming thing and just kind of circle the wagons, no pun intended, and make sure that Wyoming stands up for its own. Getting people to come here from outside of the state of Wyoming is a struggle. you got to get people who have ties to here and, uh, and want to be a part of the state and the University of Wyoming. So that's it's that's why the Wyoming ties mean so much um, because it if they if they try to hire from outside the state uh, for every job or in any opportunity and every opening that comes out they're going to be behind the eight ball and they're not going to get the people they want so it it is up to developing those relationships and promoting from within and getting people who have been here before to to want to stay here and to want to make their own imprint here. Be- and um and yeah and it it because sometimes that goes a little bit further than just saying the world needs more cowboys so they'll it, it's a unique situation and which poses its own unique problems but amen it's uh it's a it's a blessing and a curse sometimes yeah um yeah and i, I do think that's that's what makes it even more amazing when you have um, these programs at Wyoming, uh, specifically, obviously, with what the women's basketball team has, has been able to do uh, under Joe, you know, these almost last two decades, uh, when you ha- to be able to have that sustained success, uh, when it when when it'd be easy to you know, have so much turnover with your coaches, and you know, as we mentioned. You, know, you you either have to you're hiring not only basically for what candidates that are kind of making that that next jump like like Allen did uh, like Craig did uh, but but even then you know if even if you have people who are doing that um, you know most of the time if they have pretty good success um, you know they're bolting now now I think I do think Craig is a little different um, circumstance just in terms of he's always been a Midwest guy and I don't you know Wyoming's had really good success uh you know compared to before Craig Bowl got here obviously um he's turned this thing around you had you had last season where they kind of took a took a step back and and trying to replace Josh Allen and um you know I think that was expected to an extent but um you know a lot of these guys when 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 they have that success you know, you're you're looking to, if you're if you're not from here and not from th- this part of the country, you know you're looking to get out. I mean, you're looking to kind of take that that next step onto that that bigger program. Um, so it's you know you, a lot of what what Tom's saying about fit. 
yeah, I agree with. Uh, you know, Wyoming, I don't think is for everybody. I mean, it takes a certain fit, takes a certain niche. Um, and, and you look at you look at Joe. He is a, he's a Wyoming native from Rock Springs. I mean, he, he loved being here, and you know, it just happened to turn out that he was a really good basketball coach, and and you know, t- took this women's basketball program to a level it had never seen. And and I think that might have been the part of the thinking behind Gerald too, because Gerald is a Wyoming native as well. So you know, you, you get a guy that's been on staff forever, wants to be here. You know, you promote him. You know, he has success. He may not. He may not be a guy that that's looking to leave. You know, if if he happens to, you know, keep keep the level of success where it's at with the women's basketball program, probably gonna get at some people that that I give him a look and then try to hire him from some bigger programs. And you know, maybe a guy that that you can keep around because he actually wants to be here because he's from here. So it's it always just just fascinates me ever since I've been here. You know, to um, you know, to kind of you know, figure out like you know, how you go about recruiting or not recruiting, but, um, you know, going out and, 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 you know, hiring coaches and finding ones that really do want to be here and how, you know, how they fit. And, you know, if, if you get one that, that's good, how you keep them and how you sustain, sustain that. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of fascinating to me. Um, you know, when, when you're at a program like Wyoming, um, how you're able to do that, how you go about um, trying to find coaches that, that, that fit a niche, so to speak. Yeah, and and <coughs> don't get me wrong, it cannot be understated how cool and important it is for Wyoming residents and, fan, and Pokes fans to see Wyoming natives and Wyoming residents be in those positions, you know? Like, it's... yeah. People people remembered Coach Ligurski from, you know, coaching the Rock Springs girls and to see him coaching the Pokes. Or, that's awesome. People loved that. And that's, I don't know, that's not uh, something that happens all the time across the state. That's just not a position a lot of people find themselves in. So, like I said, it was a unique situation that provides unique problems, but sometimes they bring like instances like that, which are just objectively awesome. Um, so it's cool, man. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you could write a, you could write so many words about this and still maybe not even skim the surface of the, the different, running motives that that come through this program and what it means to be a coach and the struggles of being an athletic director and all the decisions you have to make. It's just weird, man. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's different. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a totally different dynamic at a place like Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I think that'll always interest me. Um, but Brady, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. We've rambled long enough on some of this, but um, you guys can follow all of our coverage as always at trib.com, pokesauthority.com. I'll have some more coming in my interview with Todd Berman. We spoke for about 30 minutes, um, so uh, I'll have some more stories coming from that um, later this week and maybe even to the – Beginning of next week, um, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Pokes Authority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. Um, and then 
You can follow Brady on the Twitter machine as well, uh, at Brady Oltmans. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So be sure to follow along, like it, download it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, Brady, you got anything to add before we get out of here? Um, just everybody, I know this is a Pokescast podcast, but um, be on the lookout this weekend. Davis is coming up to Casper and helping out on some state track coverage. I'll be out in Jackson doing state soccer coverage. Um, so we're going to have future pokes that we're both going to be covering. Um, so if you want to get it on the ground floor, please read that. We're going to be busting our tails again for all y'all. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Um, it's the crescendo to the sports season uh, before the summer kicks in and it comes in rodeo season. So please, if you, if you don't already subscribe, like share and comment and retweet and fave all of our uh, hard work that we're doing for all y'all this weekend should be fun. Yeah, this is true. It's weird, man. The one time I come up to Castro, man, you won't even be there. So, yeah. And I totally didn't plan it out that way at all. And like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, yeah, I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles right now. Um, I get to spend Wednesday night in beautiful Dubois, which is just the greatest place on the planet. Um, I'm One of these days, I'm going to build my cabin outside of Dubois. Around the same time, I'm going to build my cabin outside, my ranch outside of Ten Sleep, and then I'm going to start a farm outside of Dayton. Why are you being so sarcastic right now? I'm not being sarcastic. These are right. these are my genuine hopes and dreams. I love do I love do boys. It's amazing. Ten sleep is beautiful. I'm gonna have a ranch out there, and then I'm gonna have a good little small like cattle farm, um, and plant farm outside of Dayton, just on the foot of the big horns. Oh. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. All right, I can't I can't let you sit here and lie to, to the audience. Uh, I gotta, I gotta cut you off. If you think I'm lying, get in my menchies, all right? I dare you. I dare any one of you listening. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me, as always. Appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch up with you guys again next week.